Support the Amigos podcast on Patreon or PayPal and receive cool perks and rad swag. Visit our page at everythingamiga.com support. Amiga, the first personal computer that gives you a creative edge. Welcome to Amigos. I'm John. And I'm Aaron. And today, Aaron, we're going to be talking about Escape from Colditz. Aaron, have you ever escaped from anywhere? Not really. (laughs) Nothing like that, that's for sure. Although I will say I leave prisons all the time, but the security is a little bit easier when you've got the pass, you know what I mean? Mm. You've never been somewhere where you just felt like you had to get out and you just just left? Oh, yeah. Hour 22 Amigathon comes to mind. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> i used to fantasize about leaving places all the time you know like a boy scout camp where it was just the worst yeah you just wanted to get out of there you just hoped that a car would just roll up it didn't matter if it was a stranger it didn't matter if he had candy i would have jumped in that van like nothing the second day of rain up there when it's like on your and you're midway through the week or, or mm-hmm. midway through your first week of two yes i agree with you i haven't been there myself or, you know, or anytime you're out camping and it's rainy or it's cold, horrible. Or you're on a hike. Who does that? What were we thinking? Uh, yeah, they, it's, it's funny. You can only get into that. I was in Boy Scouts for, you know, close to 10 years, you know, not counting Cub Scouts. And, uh, and of course, an Eagle Scout and all that stuff. And looking back on it, almost no positive memories. Almost no good memories. It's just all misery. Rain yeah. and wet and misery. So what, what drove you? Because... I don't know how many people know this. And, of course, Scouts has sort of been taken and rolled to the mud here recently. But Eagle Scout is very prestigious, especially for, I mean, that's not an easy thing to get. No, it's what, not. What, what drove you to get that? I always meant to ask you. That's a great question. And I, I, I can tell you a definite answer. I wanted to quit. I got up to about life. And I was, you know, 16, 17 years old. And when you're 16 or 17, there's a lot of things you'd rather be doing than going to Boy Scouts with a bunch of kids, you know, mm-hmm. because at that at that point, most of the people that you grew up going to Scouts with have already quit. And I told uh, my parents, I was like, listen, this has been fun, but I think I'm just going to hang it up. You know, I almost got there, but I didn't. And my mom said, like heck, you're going to hang it up. You're going to keep going and you're going to get your eagle. I said, all right, mom, I'll do it. <laughs> so I did it for her, basically. Mm-hmm. I did it for her, but I'm glad that I did because it opened up a lot of doors for me down sure. the road. I bet you when they pin that on you, that was quite a, a feeling of accomplishment you had. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you get there's a there's a big ceremony that's just for you. And at, the, at that time, you know, the, the Troop 36, which was the my, my troop, had only had, you know, in its 100-year history, it probably had maybe... 25, 30 Eagle Scouts, yeah. and, you know, thousands and thousands of boys that go through the program. So, um, and uh, so I was glad, I was glad I did it. Um, and it is, it is something that I'm proud of because it's something that I wanted to quit and I stuck, I stuck through it. You know, Scouts is a funny thing, Boat. Uh, like I said, it's been, they've, obviously they've t- gotten hammered and with good reason mm-hmm. over the past couple of years. But really uh, your Scout experience was dictated by I mean, they were all different. All the troops were different. You had different people running it. They had different ways of doing stuff. I mean, they were all under an umbrella. And so sometimes you got a, a troop of, that was a dud. And sometimes you had some real experienced guys that made it a lot of fun for you. 
uh, I I was in scouts for a long time up until I think I you know I ended up tapping out like a second class or whatever it is the one after tenderfoot's when I gave mm-hmm. up. Uh, but uh, uh, you know all the years of cub scouts and wolf scouts and wee blows all stuff. Well, I used to have a blast doing that stuff. It makes me sad that 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 whole thing has sort of gone away. And I'm uh, you know we went to take Luke to join scouts. Uh, gosh, it's been three or four years ago, and we went to like two meetings, and it was just so chaotic and horrible. We just never went back, you know. And it made me sad, but you know, that's yeah. And like go, you said, yeah. a lot of it is finding the right troop. Yeah. And um, and these days, it's it's just it's I think it's harder to find men that are willing to take on that kind of responsibility. You it's know? a risk. Also. Yeah. Yeah, it, I it mean, was there always are, there a are, risk, but now it's but, a double risk. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. For all of the things that landed them in hot water, I mean, not saying that you know my my scout leaders were absolutely like some of the greatest guys that I've ever known, but just the risk of being accused of something, or yeah. you know, not even being accused of something, but something going on with you being the leader, yeah, is is tremendous. You, you tremendous. can, you know, I, like I said, I've mentioned this before, but when we when we when we went down the New River in canoes, and it was a scout trip, my dad wasn't there. It was me, scout masters and stuff. And we w- tipped that canoe over, went down face first down the falls. Mm-hmm. You could go out and get yourself killed, you yeah. know. And that's a, that's a, I would not bear the responsibility. I I couldn't do it, you know, yeah. personally. It would be too I, much I, for me. I know, man. I feel the same way. Mm. Well, we'll pick this up when we cover Park Patrol for the Amiga. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> right now, what we're going to do is we are going to talk a little bit about what's been going on at everythingamiga.com, which is really not a whole lot because there are no site updates this week, Aaron. Instead, we're going to go right to the YouTube channel. Why don't you fill us in on some of our latest videos, man? Sure, Boat. Uh, it's not been a super busy week, but we did put some stuff in action this week, Boat. Uh, let's start off with last Sunday's uh, ARG Presents. Okay. Uh, you know, we did, uh, you know, Brent comes up with these pieces, and sometimes the listeners come up with it. And this week was Android Games Boat. Right. And I thought to myself, this is going to be a dud, you know, because I, I've honestly, I've never been real fond of the phone games. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, boy, was I wrong <laughs> because uh, this was a great, I mean, we played two awesome games this week. Uh, I, I picked a game which I didn't realize had been out. First of all, it was started. It didn't start on Android. It's been out since two, uh, 2011. I think uh, it's it, 2008. It, it's new to me. It was called yeah. uh, Doodle Jump, a boat. Had you ever heard of this one? I, it's insane to me that you've never heard of I've this never, game. Because well, not only you. has yeah. this been a stalwart, one of the biggest games on mobile of all time, yeah. but it also has an arcade game based on it. Yeah, well, that's what Brent said. Redemption. I, listen, I, that's a shoot. I'd never heard of this game. Uh, uh, in fact, if I asked for uh, people to uh, uh, to pick some games for me because I was on vacation, and uh, this was one I think Rushi ended up picking. I looked at some of the other ones that got picked. They were all pretty good. But this one, I like this. I mean, uh, there's a reason I guess I liked it because it's super popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's yeah. a good reason. And then Brent, I got to give the Brent credit again. I hate to do it. This retro bowl is the, is the most addictive thing ever put on a phone. And I've been playing the crap out of this. I'm into my fourth season. Holy cow! And uh, 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 it's funny. My first season was we made the playoffs and lost. Second season, Super Bowl, and in the <laughs> last couple seasons have been a slow, decrepit ride down the toilet uh, for, the, for the, my poor beleaguered Cowboys. But this game is uh, uh, it's free and it's awesome. It's an awesome game. And uh, even if you're not know American football, it's a lot of fun. 
and and it's they they really strike struck a great uh, a great uh, harmony between uh, making it simple and making it deep enough to where it's enjoyable. So if you're into that sort of stuff, uh, I would give a listen to the Android Games ARG for last week, and we had a good time on that one, Boat. Cool. Now, cool. Boat. Why don't you talk about uh, this Amiga Power uh, video that you stuck up here? Yeah, so uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, Matthew Smith sent me a copy of the Amiga Power CD. Now, do you recall this Kickstarter at all, Aaron? Absolutely. In fact, I've talked to Matthew. He was a real nice guy. G- gave me uh, this is like a, this isn't the first one of these. I don't believe it. Uh, it this I, is the this is the first and the, the only. This is oh, yeah, but I mean, he's got something else cooking. Is what I'm saying. Mm. Uh, he, but uh, yeah, he's a real good guy, and uh, I, I did know about this. Uh, we actually talked this well, back in. The, when it was uh, up and running. Right. It was yeah. funny because at first we had no idea what it was, um, you know, because Amiga Power is the name of a magazine and this is a CD. But it turns yeah. out that this is basically an audio love letter to the Amiga Power magazine. So this guy loves this magazine so much that he made a CD full of, I mean, he he solicited entries for a, uh, a CD full of Amiga-inspired cover tunes, mm-hmm. remixes, if you will. And uh, he complements that with a history of Amiga Power as well as some interviews with some game developers of the games that the music is from. I was really impressed with this package and I plan on doing a stream where I actually play this music in the background while I stream the games. I asked Matthew if that would be okay and he said absolutely. So uh, look forward to, I look forward to that coming up and uh, yeah, Amiga Power uh, these are no longer officially available through the Kickstarter but if you message Matthew either on Twitter or at the link at the bottom of his Kickstarter page, he still has some for sale. So uh, if you are into this thing, just uh, hit him up. The Kickstarter, is this the first time I've actually seen a, you? I mean, w- watching you flip this, I haven't seen the actual booklet. I've just yeah, seen, so the it booklet looks, is it looks very, very nice. It's, it's got really nice glossy paper. The, the copy is very good. And like I said, I wasn't expecting to actually hear from... Um, from the people that wrote the songs themselves. I was expecting to hear from the remixers, but not from the original composers. So yeah. really, really cool stuff there. And I will say, I, I actually, it's funny. When we first, very first time we heard about this and Ma- Matthew got hold of us, I asked him, I'm like, listen, what is this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember distinctly typing, yeah. what the heck is this? And he explained, okay, here's what this is. I was like, oh, okay. Uh, but yeah, I, great stuff. Great guy. He did, the Kickstarter did real well and I'm very happy for him. Cool. Um, let's move on. To, we've got another of our, uh, we've got our Amigathon 2020 mod competition boat mm-hmm. picked up here. Uh, boy, was that a surprise? <laughs> These mod- well, I remember the whole time leading up to this thing, you did nothing but talk smack about it. You're like, nobody's going to submit anything. Well, Nobody ever does crap. Our audience man. never does anything for us. Hold on and a I was second. like, listen, man, we're going to get some entries. And guess what? We got a ton of entries and they all ruled. See, so you, you turned me heel there. I, you, let's bear in mind, first of all, I wasn't that negative. And secondly... You weren't I, positive, that's for sure. I, well, I, I had seen what happened at, at, at Amiga Ireland. Yeah. Was I was gun-shy, let's put it that way. And you weren't exactly like, nope, it'll be an un, it'll be a runaway success. <laughs> but it, guess what? It was a runaway success. It was awesome. Uh, I highly recommend these uh, this uh, particular bit of the show. This was great. Uh, man, I love these mods. Look the at mods me doing that dance. Were great. I rule. Yeah, they were awesome. So check those out when you get a chance. Now, here's something, Boat. This came out of nowhere. It's Ask the Amigos Part 1 for August. We we must have answered 4 billion questions that uh, last Saturday. 
and we hooked up. Uh, but this was part one. Uh, I had a good time with all the parts. How many we have? We get three parts. Yeah, there's three parts. So for the next three Thursdays, uh, check your podcast feed or your um, or your YouTube subscriptions because uh, we'll. This was it was such a long excursion. We split it up into four somewhat equal parts, and we we answer our regular wide ranging gamut. Part of the problem is, boat. Uh, I will go on occasionally. With the long-winded old guy response, it takes 20 minutes. And also, we have a bad habit of just leaving the subject for some other <laughs> subject. So, Because we we basically can't shut up. That's why we're on here. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that was fun. And we appreciate everybody for uh, asking interesting questions. Interesting non-Tiger-related questions. I appreciated that. So <laughs> there you go. Uh, Boat. Uh, one last item here, uh, since you have a little uh, a preview of it up here, why don't you go into what you and uh, Neil got up to this week? Yeah, so this week on our new uh, This Week in Retro podcast, Neil and I talk about the comeback of the luggable form factor, Aaron. Do you remember the luggables? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. The SX-64. I think that uh, Tandy never had a luggable, did they? Oh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, it depends on your definition. So when I think luggables, there were these old... PCs you should be to get like I believe Gateway had a couple and so and they were just and they were big huge like <laughs> large metal blocks with a handle that you carry right around. yeah that's what that's what we're talking yeah. about you know with the built-in monitor or whatever and the it's SX64 that's another huge one right right so we talk about the uh, the the rise of the luggable it's it's coming back here and we talk about the the cassette tape and it's it's crazy comeback in 2020 um, and uh, and. Just a whole bunch of fun retro stories. If you're at all interested in the week's uh, retro news that is not Amiga related, uh, and uh, you just want a quick, you know, 25, 30 minute update, check out this week in retro. It's now available on every podcatcher, no matter if you use Stitcher or Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. It's all in there. Check it out. Now, let's. We got one more item from the video docket this week, uh, lest I forget this one, Boat. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had uh, we we did an insert disc too, uh, and this one, of course, boat never tells me what's happening. So, boat, me and boat had a private conversation that turned into this insert disc too. The name of the uh, the name of the video is the analog pocket and the future of retro gaming. Where uh, and this all stems. This is actually full circle. This sort of stems from this week at retro for last week's show, where mm-hmm. you and Neil talked about the analog pocket, and that thing got a lot of press. And we go into. Uh, I don't know what where retro gaming is in my eyes and in boat's eyes, and uh, I I enjoyed that boat kind of neat. Uh, yeah. Uh, so if you if you want to hear us just sort of talk about the, I hate to use the words the current affairs of the scene, but we'll go with something like that. But that's basically what we talk about. I think that's all we've got video wise, boat. Okay. Well, you know what it's time for, Aaron. All right, Aaron, we're going to dive right in. First and foremost, we're going to start with the Robin Hood Amiga Group, the inaugural meeting of the Robin Hood Amiga Group, Aaron. This thing, Ravi put this thing together over there in Nottingham, in England. Uh, and uh, check out this logo he's got here. It's got the, There's the Amiga Boing Ball with a Robin Hood ad on it with the it's Amiga checkmark. Clever. 
I love that. Yeah. I love that so much. So uh, basically, Ravi put out an invitation. This was a limited engagement affair because of COVID restrictions. Yeah. You had to register for your attendance ahead of time, and they limited the amount of people that were there. Uh, but it looks like that everybody, once they got over sort of the initial uncomfortability of being together, uh, they had a really good time. Check out some of what was brought, Aaron. There was a Power PPC stainless steel uh, Amiga 4000 uh, with RAM packed the max. All right. uh, a mini Raspberry Pi Amiga, a Vampire 600, CD32, and even those lovely Meanwell power supplies and an A500 Plus being worked on. So a little bit of everything, you know, a little bit of everything. Uh, Ravi has posted some pictures. If you go to 8bitmix.com slash rhag, you can check out all of the pictures and read his full rundown of the event. This looks like a really good time. I think that they're going to do it again uh, from the uh, the people just, you know, they love getting together. They love talking about the Amiga. And I'm glad to see that these local gatherings are getting going again. Yeah, uh, that's what can you say about that, Bo? That's sort of what we dream about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, granted, we've got the Taze Valley Computer Club, but it's, uh, what is that? It's not like this. Oh, it's not like what Ravi's got going. We've just basically got a gathering of our buddies <laughs> in, in your basement <laughs> to eat pizza. Uh, but uh, still, hey, it's great. And, uh, you know, uh, it's great that a meeting like that can happen in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah. That they, <clears throat> and I got to give them credit for taking the proper steps. Very well organized uh, boat. And, uh, I, I doubt I'm the only one who wishes that we, that you could have this sort of experience at your own uh, hometown, uh, you know. And so, hey, sometime in the future, uh, when we finally get our international computer club off the ground, at least we, that may be a nice surrogate until you can get something like this put together. Right, right. All right, Aaron, coming up next, we're going to uh, talk a little bit about Doug's new video, the Amiga 500 Vampire. Uh, is this version 2? Okay, now, Aaron, I know that you watched this thing. Correct. Why don't you tell us about it? Well, uh, it's pretty much what it—it's it, what he says it is. Uh, mm-hmm. Doug uh, installs and and then screws around with the vampire. Uh, you know the what a great shot that was. <laughs> uh, of course, he does everything you would expect someone to do when they install one of these things. So let, let, let me let me guess. He opens up an MP3 player, starts playing an MP3. <laughs> he plays. He opens up a couple pictures, yeah. and then he start. He kicks that that god awful web browser off that's incompatible with everything. And well, then he he grouses about how awesome the vampire is and how everybody else sucks. Is that well, does that well, sum it up? I, well, I mean, I, that's a broad generalization of the of the events. I will say because every opens, vampire video I watch is basically the same thing. He opens up about. I will say, Doug. <laughs> Doug, being himself, he's not going to open just a browser and a freaking uh, picture. He opens like 50 windows up. And it is impressive, the amount of stuff he's got cooking. Right here he's talking about he accidentally destroyed the uh, SD card Man, socket on this thing. that looks like something I'd do. Yeah, that's a real bummer. Uh, and it, he, what he, I know exactly what he did because I've almost done that myself. He got a little car, he got an SD card extender so he can mount that thing. Uh-huh. And, it, and if, what it'll do is it'll catch on those pins and it'll it pull, it screws them up. Mm. Uh, but uh, he gets past it. Uh, and, and something else, those things are real hard to change because of the way those SD card, mini SD card things are mounted. So, I mean, again, I know that one too. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, he it looks great. Of course, he hasn't done everything up real nice. Mm-hmm. One thing about Doug is like I got to give the guy credit. He knows his stuff. I mean, he is real sharp and very clever 
Uh, and he and I mean, it looks good. I mean, listen, what can you say about that? I know you're a beer. There it is. That, that's that's the shot right there. That's every single vampire. <laughs> well, Who would ever use their computer in a way like this? Well, I mean, this is well, impossible to do seen, anything. You clearly haven't seen my mom uh, use her <laughs> computer. But the, the thing about it is this. Uh, this thing, the vampire, it, it does the job. You know, now he also goes into the effect that uh, that you know, goes into the problem that when he got it, he accidentally bricked it. Uh, and he mm-hmm. has to get a little device to unbrick it. When I brick, when I think brick, I think something that's dead forever. But really, it's just sort of a semi brick because it happens all the time on these things. I did, I did read brick. about that, and I was glad that he got the. Uh, there, I guess it's a USB dongle Blaster, that you plug in yeah. and you can resurrect it. Well, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, it's that's something that happens on these. And he actually, at the end of the video, uh, he goes into things he that he thinks needs improved. And that obviously, you want to not brick your device, and you if mm-hmm. you if the possibility exists. That you can brick it, you should include whatever you need to not brick to unbrick it. So I mean, I, right. I agree with Doug on that. And Doug also, he uh, <laughs> one thing I like about Doug too, he doesn't walk the fine line of something. He basically says like, yeah, for all you people that say the vampire is not a real Amiga, screw you, you're wrong. It's the it is the <laughs> real true, the one true Amiga. <laughs> He's killed, so he doesn't screw around. He also shows uh, some stuff running like this right here. He was getting ready to show was Diablo, mm-hmm. which runs. Should, I guess I think this is like using the retardable graphics and stuff to run some of this stuff. I mean, it's impressive to see an Amiga running this stuff. Uh, uh, you know, sorta. I mean, again, we're talking about something that's an FPGA here, so you're you could just basically, you know, we're going down that weird road. But he can run it. He runs right. Amiga stuff on it. It looks good. It was, an, it was a very good video, very informative. One thing I that the uh, um, apparently the Vampire still doesn't support AGA. That kind of surprised me, to be honest with you. I haven't followed it. I know that had been something they've been working on in beta, and I guess they still are. Well, I uh, mean, it is it is at that budget price point. You can't expect too much. Well, I mean, you don't like AGA, so you wouldn't care. And that's sort of what Doug said. He's like, AGA, which I was surprised to hear that part of the video, too. He's like, yeah, you don't need it. <laughs> He's a fair weather AGA fan. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But yeah, I recommend this. High, I'll recommend all Doug's stuff highly. So let me ask you a question. Thing. If the vampire doesn't support AGA... Yeah. What is this like? Because this is obviously VGA well, quality uh, graphics. Got, yeah, I, I think this is like uh, the built-in retargetable graphic stuff. Again, you're you're leaving my yeah, area I mean, of expertise at this point, here, but... you know, if the Amiga can produce that but not produce uh, AGA, it's not an Amiga. Like, what are you doing? What are well, we doing here? Again, you know? uh, hey, listen, uh, it plays the stuff on Amiga. You know, sorta. Again, you're going down that whole road. Uh, the way I like, hey, if you got the money, honey, and, and you've got and you've got the inclination, I think you could put something together. That's all I'm saying. I, oh. you know, there you go. But yeah, it's a good video. I learned a lot about what the. As I said, to me, the vampire is a little bit foreign. It's nice to see what actually placed in the system, how mm-hmm. he set it up, how he hooks all the stuff up, what works on it, what doesn't work. You know, so it was pretty interesting. Yeah, yeah. All right, Aaron, our final news item of the week is there is a new version of Bubble Bobble that is coming out. Now, normally we don't talk about games in development, yeah. but sometimes you sort of got to reach down to the bottom of the barrel because oh. it's a slow news week. Wow. So uh, this Free one, and plus, you know, I, I, I like Bubble Bobble more than I used to. It's still not one of my very favorite games, but I am excited about this version. Uh, this comes to us from Indie Retro News, and uh, basically what this guy has done, this is the same guy that did Tiny Galaga. Oh, Do you yeah. remember that, Aaron, the black uh, and white Galaga the, uh, game? The, it was just um, featured on Pixel Gate, and they talked about it extensively. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's it's interesting. So what this does is I, I watched the video of this play, and uh, it's basically, you know, just 
a better version of Bubble Bobble. Uh, the music is more arcade. It sounds more like the arcade version. He's yeah. reworked the channels. Um, there are now more colors than there used to be. Uh, there are uh, tw- uh, 32 colors instead of 16. There's a bigger screen height, and uh, it runs at 50 frames per second instead of 25. So basically, it runs twice as smooth as uh, as the original. And it, I mean, it. If I was just looking at this, I would not be able to tell the difference between this and the arcade version. I mean, it, it really does look that good. It's interesting because the uh, the uh, as I recall, the actual Amiga versions of this is pretty good. It is pretty good, so, and, and you know they're taking something that's pretty good and making it even better. Yeah, well, that's so. great. Well, this looks pretty yeah. good, man. A, a good, good on the guy. Yeah, uh, Boatster. Hey, uh, before I, I, I'm assuming that's our last news story. That's our last news item, man. So if you want to get to unboxing, yeah, why don't you go for it, man. Let's talk about a couple nice uh, things that have been sent to us uh, over the past couple weeks. I wanted to get to uh, our buddy Simulant. If uh, you may remember his name, he was behind the. Uh, uh, the uh, uh, cool keyboards that were based on the on the old uh, various uh, computers, you know, Amstrad and whatnot. He's also got this gimmick he sent me here, and I've I've heard of these. I've never actually had one, boat. It's the retro Wi-Fi. Basically, it's a Wi-Fi serial device. You can see it mm-hmm. right there. It hooks in. I've got a little gender changer on it. And what this is, uh, and I haven't gotten to play with this extensively. But what it does is it basically lets you use your, your little Wi this little Wi-Fi dongle to like modemy stuff with your classic computer. Looks like a lot of fun. I tried to hook this to the, of course, you know me. Instead of using some of the standard stuff that everyone uses it on, I try, I go right for the Coco, uh, and, and I had to get a special cord. You know all the crap that I do, and of course the Coco. Then when I every time it loads up a terminal program, it goes into a resolution I can't see. So. <laughs> So I'm gonna. I love it. I gotta work on that. But I, I want to thank him for sending that out. That was awful nice of him. And I'm, I plan on putting this thing through its paces. I'll do a video on it when I when I get a chance. But I want to acknowledge that he said it over. I like the fact this little his name is like etched in there, three D mm-hmm. printing. I got to get on that nice. bit. We also got a package here uh, from our good buddy. I'm trying to see exactly. You uh, got bifocals now. You don't need to do that anymore. Well, you'd think that, wouldn't you? Our good buddy Jonas O'Brien boat. How long have we known the O'Brien? The O'Brien uh, has been with us since the beginning. And you can since see there the on the back, O'Brien's vintage and retro. He's he's a vintage guy boat, and I'm going to try to uh, break into this package here and see what this is. The uh, uh, I probably should have brought some sort of cutting device here, but this is the way they do it. Okay, I got a, I got a foothold here. Now, I remember him contacting me a while back and saying, hey, I'm going to send something. And then I was like, okay, great. But I don't remember what it was, uh, to be completely honest with you. So we're going to find out together. All right. And obviously, I have not opened this. I think we got a magazine in here and maybe a disc. It's an unbagging. All right. So what we've got here, oh, boy. So this... Is a an, a copy of Amiga Future Boat, and I believe this is a, a brand new copy, July August. So brand oh, wow. new boat uh, of Amiga Future. I like these. I think this is I think this is a real good book uh, mm-hmm. boat. Nice and glossy, full color, and then also got a little got to have the brochure. Mm, right yeah, there. absolutely. Now, do you remember where Jonas, where Jonas's shop is, Boat? Yeah, he he abides in Norway. Norway. So for all the Norwegians up there, gosh, I'm sure they've heard of him by now because I see him all the time on the net. Now 
He also sent us a couple of extra goodies here. Oh, this is nice. He writes, uh, it's a little postcard boat. Look at that. Oh, yeah. The fjords. Isn't that nice? You always got fjords, right? It says, enjoy the magazine. Hope you like it. Cheers. That's, not, that's very nice of him. I appreciate that. And then he also sent a little bonus goodie here, boat. Uh, a couple little extra goodies here. You've got uh, Afterburner for the Spectrum. I don't oh, think you okay. have that one, Boat. Yeah. Afterburner, my friend. Very also, nice. I like Afterburner. Oh, here you go, Boat. For the Amiga Cannon Fodder Plus. Mm. Awesome. Plus what? That's awesome. So, hey, we thank you so much. And we love uh, O'Brien's. They literally have, he's been with us since Jump Street. He's always been super nice to show. We really appreciate it. And I'll definitely give this thing a read. Cool, cool. Yeah, thank you so much, Jonas. All right, Aaron, it's time to jump right in to prison. Yeah. Let's escape I from just COVID. got out of here. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, uh, uh, this one, this week's game is called Escape from Colditz. Now, um, if you've, if you're into war history. <laughs> if you're uh, into war. If you're into war. Like the band. <laughs> if you're into war history. Uh, you may have heard of cold. It's, I mean, I was saying it was like a huge part of the war, but it's sort of a, a famous area. Have you have you heard of the stories of cold? It's Castle Boat. Bef no, before I started to research this, I had not heard of this before. I but upon doing a you know a cursory search online, tons of people are into this. Yeah, well, I used to watch a lot of History Channel boat uh, at, at, back in the day, and so I knew that uh, cold. It's Castle was used by the Germans. Uh, in in World War II, and what mm -hmm. makes it interesting, of course, this is a this is a castle that is uh, on a rocky outcrop right around a river called the Molde, or the Mold, and the and they so it was a perfect spot to stick people in at a POW uh, type way, and the people they stuck in here were the were the uh, people that kept breaking out of other prisons or people that were real high. Uh, uh, interest people that they wanted to keep around, you know, keep close to the old bosom. And so if you had broke out of prison a bunch of times, uh, you got sent here. Uh, eventually they made it for just the British and the Americans, but it, early on it was, they had a lot of different nationalities in there. And it's also, if you've ever seen a picture of it, it's a cool looking prison. I, I know they've made movies about it and they've also made uh, uh, shows around it, you know, it's a real neat-looking place. It always struck me as odd that they would put a prison in there. I was doing some research on Colditz, and they keep finding stuff in there. Uh, apparently, uh, it didn't do a great job of keeping people in. Uh, there were escapes. <laughs> and when they finally liberated it, they found that the people in the prison had built a hang glider. They what? called it the Colditz <laughs> cock. And wow. it was stuck. And people didn't believe it existed, but they took a picture, and, and, and one of the guys confirmed that it existed, and they... And they from what I read, they've actually done shows in the UK where they reconstructed the glider and it worked. And they were—that's crazy. But yeah, they also found a place. I think it was the French had constructed a hidden communications room in the castle. So clearly, <laughs> was there no supervision at Colditz? Well, there, they just let the prisoners do whatever they wanted. Well, because that's I, different than this game. Well, I mean, it, the game's sort of like that. I mean, you can go a lot of places with like, but I mean, if you think about it, it's a huge old castle. If you've ever been to one of these places. Uh, uh, the uh, the funny thing about it is they are sort of spacious inside. There's a lot of nooks and crannies. It'd be hard as heck to patrol all of it. You know, it was an, in an interesting choice for a maximum security POW camp, but that's what it was. 
And so that's where it got its reputation. But plenty of people uh, had, had had a hand at, at uh, leaving. In fact, I also, if you when this game opens at the bottom of the screen, where the first thing it says is, in a cold, it's, uh, escaping is not a sport. That's what it is. <laughs> escaping prison camps has ceased to be a sport, it says. So <laughs> it goes to show you. You know, we if you ever watch Hogan's Heroes and stuff, that that was taking uh, uh, escaping camps to a ridiculous degree. But, I mean, it oh, did yeah. happen, you know. So <clears throat> this game is based on a card game. Uh, or no, a card it's and based dice on game. a board game. Well, the, from what I read, now I saw there have been multiple versions, but from what I read, as Wiki states it, uh, the uh, the original game for this that came out in like seventy three, I think it was, was a was a dice and card game with no, a, it's board. a board game. The original version from the seventies is it's still got a board. The guy that the guy that uh, uh, helped make this game was an actual person, or that was in the camp. Did you read that? No. Yes. I did not read that. <laughs> there was a guy that helped that worked on this thing that actually had been in the prison camp, which I thought was okay, kind of that's cool. kind of cool. Uh, I'll get to find his name here. Anyway, so this was an established game uh, uh, before, not a video game, before they decided to turn it into a game. Mm-hmm. And so here we are. Now, this game uh, uh, also appeared on the C64. Uh, and it's, of course, it's called Escape from Cold. It's uh, one disc. It came out in 1990. And it was developed by an outfit called Digital Magic. Uh, I had not heard of Digital Magic. Do you remember anything from them? No, I, I was wondering if they were a one-and-done operation. They weren't. They actually did a, some stuff on the Amiga. That, uh, and tell me if you've heard any of this stuff. They did Kid Gloves 2, Driving Force, Shockwave, Narcissus, Scorpion, <laughs> and Sci-Fi. I don't think I've ever heard of any of those. No, me neither. Uh, the, uh, the fellows that worked on this... Uh, it was coded by a guy named uh, Mike Hassall. The graphics were done by a fellow named John Law. John Law was did the graphics, or was partially responsible for the graphics on Desert Strike. So he actually had a pedigree, and also Space Hulk. And then the music was done by Bjorn Lynn. Now, didn't you send me a little anecdote about the tunes in this? Was, so the, there's only one tune yeah. in this game, and uh, it is... Uh, the uh, and it's it's a it's a good tune, you know. It sounds like an Amiga intro tune. Yeah. Um, the guy that wrote it didn't get paid for it, and he didn't even realize it was going in the game until somebody told him about it. So it's 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 our old, you know. How many times have we heard that where somebody got stiffed after producing something for this yeah. illustrious computer? He got no money. That is yeah. a bummer. And I will say the the, the intro theme, uh, and there's occasionally a little tune sprinkled in, like if you watch like the little cutscene at the end. Uh, but uh, um, the uh, uh, it isn't like there's like music that's awesome from beginning to end. Let's just put it that way. Well, then, uh, yeah, I, there are. Um, yeah, you're exactly right. So right. there's no in-game music, but whenever something happens, music kicks up. Right. Sure. So, so what do you do in this game? This is the old ice. This is an isometric view with a twist. All right. Uh, What's you, the twist? Well, you don't. The twist is you the way is the way they render the the halls and stuff. It's kind of weird. They partially they don't render. They, I guess in in going forward, you would have like see through walls and stuff, but you didn't do that in this. They just said they would just you would see where you could go, and all you could see is the little room you were in. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's not like a continuously scrolling isometric view or anything like that. It's well, yeah, it is. I mean, it it is continuously. No, scrolling. no, that's not what I mean. I mean when you play it. You'll go from you'll go from room to room, and it changes the view from uh, 
like the hallway you're in to the room you're in or the staircase right. you're in. So I found that unusual. And I guess what, you know, if we think of a game like... I find that, I mean, like, that seems like every isometric game. Well, I don't, I don't remember ever playing one that did it this way. Maybe okay. you could think of okay. one, but I can't remember one. I've, now, what they did uh, in the future would be like, they'd have cutaways where you could see through. It'd be sort of a transparency of where you'd been, and you could sort right, of... Right, but that, I mean, in a game like this, that would take away all of the challenge, because yeah. the idea is that you only see the room that you're in, right. and you can't see anything. Right, right, else. but I, I think it's... I mean, it works. I'm not bagging on it. I'm just saying it was... I, I don't think I'd seen a game that quite did it like this. I kind of liked it. It was kind of kind of neat. Mm-hmm. So you know what it reminds me of. Remember that um, that uh, point and click text adventure that we played, or not graphical adventure, obviously because it's point and click. But they rendered the size of the rooms and all the rooms. Some of the rooms were real tiny, and some of the rooms were bigger. Maybe that was beneath the steel sky. Was that I can't the remember no, which that one was, the, was. Was that the isometric futuristic one? Yeah, where you fly yeah. at the beginning, but you fly in from like uh, another country and you land on the right. roof. And, yeah, I yeah, remember that. that, that was that's cool. sort of what it reminded me of. Um, so. What do you do in this game? Well, you try to escape <laughs> the prison. So this game is one of these deals where you're controlling separate characters. Now, you've got a British, uh, French, American, and Polish POW. Uh, by the way, in the in the actual game of this, you can you actually can pick from six different nationalities, but one person always plays the German. So while this is based on the game, it's not like a, an exact duplicate of the game. Well, it's not even close. I mean, there's nothing about this game that is the same as the the. I mean, the the whole strategy part of the game is totally different. Yeah, that's what um, I had read. There's very little in the realm of like things you could take from one to the other. The well, it, it, yeah. It, I, when I go into my thoughts on the game, I'll talk more about it. But just know that this game and the board, like if you've played this game, don't think that you can jump right into the board game that, and vice versa. Yeah, uh, and well, I mean, trust me. I, after playing this game, I'd be scared to death of the board game. <laughs> so uh, you can th- now. This has an interesting control method because you actually can pick your different players with the function keys, uh, and so you can switch to them instantly. Now, uh, for example, if you've got a guy that gets stuck in solitary confinement. You can switch to him, but you'll just be in solitary confinement. So there'd be no reason to do that. But you could. You could switch to all characters at any time. Now, this is the part of the look back where I explain how uh, bad I am at this game. And, and because I, I, what you do, the object of this game is to go through the castle and secure the items you need to make your escape. Right. Uh, and th- th- these things can be everything from lock picks and keys to uniforms and guns. I mean, all the way up and down the line, okay? Including stuff like passes and stuff that you've got to have. So you've got to do a lot, even like rocks from the from the prison yard, you've got to mm-hmm. get. And so there's a lot of stuff to pick up. Uh, now, one of the things you'll notice is that not every, not every character has access to all the same stuff. And so what you occasionally will have to do if you're good at this game, and I have is is to drop stuff off for one of your other characters so they can pick it up and sort of go to the areas that they've got access to. And what you're eventually trying to do is use all four characters to get all four of the things, all four of the uh, characters set up with the stuff they need to escape. And then at right. the end, you will actually try to make your escape. Now, this sounds pretty good. Uh, the graphics are pretty good in this. Everything runs pretty well. Uh, the, uh, the castles rendered nicely. I, I liked it, but th- the problem I had is what ended up happening for me was I walked around a lot and picked stuff up. I mean, that was a lot of that was that I did. I, I did, was not 100% sure what I was doing. Uh, I got some hint sheets. 
I had to get the dot, you know, to print out the uh, the keys and stuff for the game. But the the game is um, it's abstract. I mean, really. But what were your initial experiences when you fired this thing up? Well, I know that this is a well liked game by many people. I want to say that um, maybe it was Figgy a long time ago sent me a message, and he's like, "You guys really need to play Escape from Cold Ditch. So I knew going in that this game has its fans. Um, I found pretty much the same thing that you did where I spent the majority of my time, you know, walking around, picking up stuff. Uh, stuff is littered everywhere. Yeah. You know, this, this definitely holds up the, uh, the cold, it's historical accuracy with like, you know, if you can build a hang glider and nobody can know, cause there's lock picks there's, littered everywhere. They're everywhere. All the stuff that you need is just on the floor. Yeah, keys. They're everywhere. Um, so I'd pick stuff up. I'd walk around. Uh, inevitably, uh, I would accidentally go into an area where I was not allowed. A guard would come in, take away my things, and put me in solitary. And then I would go to the next guy, and I would repeat the same pattern over and over and over again. Uh, I did a tremendous amount of... Because I played this game for a while, and I was just... I was trying to locate the fun. Because in almost every game that we play, I can put myself in the mindset of, if this... And if, if I was like this, and if I was doing this, then this would be fun. And I never got to that point in this game. Because to me, what this game is, is it is just you're memorizing all of the locations. You're memorizing where the pickups are and where you can leave stuff. So you can always leave stuff in the chapel because no guards ever go there. Okay? And then you outfit your guys, and then you get out of there. And I don't know where the fun is in that other than... You are, you read the novel that comes with this because this comes with, it's not really a novel. You read like the book that ex- explains like the history of Colditz and stuff like that. And you sort of put yourself in the mindset of, of one of these guys. But the, the, the landscape is just so dead and lifeless. Like um, what really would have improved things, one, is if they didn't leave stuff on the floor, okay? They've populated Colditz with a grand variety of bureaus and desks closets and things you should have put the stuff in there and given you and let you search through it okay like why they didn't do that is a mystery to me because then it's like you're doing something you're more than just walking around picking stuff up that would have made the game seem more realistic number two they should have given you more of an indication of like what is an inbounds area and what is an out-of-bounds area. Like they tell you things in the bottom of the screen, like what nationalities quarters you're in, but then they tell you things like open access. And to me, that means you can walk around there. And sometimes I could, but sometimes I couldn't. And sometimes I got shot. And I don't, I still, to this day, do not understand that. Um, Another thing that they should have done is put in some dialogue in this game. So, for example, you see guards. They're coming and going all the time. They should have put a little bit of dialogue, like put a prompt on the screen or something, just a random thing that says, like, hey, you know, get back to your quarters or stay what you're doing. In this game, it feels so sterile because nobody's talking to each other. There's no sound other than your footsteps, and nothing really happens. It's totally different than uh, The Great Escape. A lot of people compare this game. Uh, they, they say this is like an updated version of The Great Escape. But aside from updated graphics, this is a total downgrade for me. Do you remember the first thing that you do when you play The Great Escape, Aaron? Do you remember the very first thing you do in your room? I don't. 
what the very first thing you could do is you're walking around, you're, you're inspecting things. There's a stove in your room and you push it oh, aside yeah, yeah. to reveal a, a, a hidden passageway. There is nothing like that in this game. Nothing. Why? Why not put secret passages where you can hide things? Dropping something in the chapel, you know, on the floor? I believe... That's no good, man. I read I read that you can pick up a spade and there are some former tunnels that you can find. I never did this. I, I will but, say yeah, that. Yeah, there are. And if you watch the playthrough, you see a guy dig through the tunnel. But that's all he does, you know? It... In Great Escape, do you remember there are different periods of the day? There's free time, there's exercise time, all that stuff. It's almost like school days, you know? And this, every once in a while, and again, um, there's a clock here, but it's not really, time moves so slowly that I'd never figured out how it worked. But it, there, will, there will be a cutscene, not really a cutscene, but a screen will come up and says, uh, you know, it's time for exercise. And that's your cue that you can go out to the yard. Well, guess what? I went out to the yard and I started walking around and I got shot or I got captured. And, and there's a run button. You can turn on the run button, but all that does is it guarantees you're going to get shot. Because yeah. if the guard sees you running for any reason, they're going to shoot you. I think in so, the yard, there, you, there are only a limited amount of places you're supposed to be able to go. Right. And I looked at the docks, and the docks were not helpful. You know, I looked at the map, and the map was, I mean, it was okay. Uh, but you, the only way that I can see you being able to make progress in this game is through a tedious process of trial and error. And if that's your bag, then this is your game. But that's not my bag. I hate games where they force you to use trial and error to figure things out other than making the game to where you feel clever because you figured it out for some other reason. It's funny. If you watch, I watched a couple of different playthroughs of this, and it's funny to watch them because they, they crank through this in about 40 minutes. And, and you can tell these, these players are skilled players of this game who just know exactly what to get. Because if you're just like an average schmo, uh, you have uh, it's. I mean, listen. Almost everything you say with I, everything you say, I agree. I think there could be um, some joy in this for someone who uh, would like to take the time to find and locate where everything's at. Maybe take some notes uh, and and work out a plan that way. I think there. I mean, a very uh, uh, someone that's really into that sort of gameplay, real slow, meticulous, like you said. Uh, uh, if but I mean, there's this is not a game for uh, there's no action, there's no there's not really what I would even call puzzle solving. Like you said, it's a lot of it's just like trying to figure out where stuff's at and, and get it. Uh, a lot of the a lot of the challenge of the game is uh, like for example, one of the things you can do is you can have your other characters sort of stand guard for you, right? And you can and so there's there there's that aspect that way you can have what I'm tell you when uh, there's a guard coming and stuff like that. A lot of the strategies, how can I get past this restricted area? Uh, how can I, what do I need to get this character to get past this area? Mm -hmm. You know, but what another you thing that I would have liked to have seen is any sort of progression. So in this game, it's, it's binary. It's either you win or you lose. And there's nothing really along the way that encourages you to keep going. What I would have liked to have seen is like, okay, your first mission is to go and unlock this door and find this thing. OK, and then you do it and you feel good about yourself, even though you might not be able to get out of the prison. You know, there's uh, there's none of that. There are no save states, which to me is inexcusable. I mean, can you imagine doing this whole sitting down and playing this whole game from beginning to end without saving? No, I can't. Well, I mean, I did I mean, that's do that. Insane. It's insane. I did do that on the Unamiga. I don't have any save states, so I had to basically go. I just rolled in. Uh, no, but, but I mean, you know, there were tons of games at this point. I'm not talking about, I'm just talking about like the ability to save your game. Yeah. You know, 
the, what is the sad thing about it is, and again, I'm not killing this game because I'm sure there's an audience for it, okay? But what I will say is, I think you've got the bones of something very good here. Oh, yeah. There's because the game of, is beautiful. There's tons the of well-defined rooms. Mm-hmm. The uh, system, uh, which, again, I wasn't knocking it earlier. It actually works pretty well, the uh, exploration aspects of it. Uh, but, uh, you know, even even uh, the original Wolfenstein had more interactivity and, and than this does. With the, I mean, at least the guards would say stuff. And stuff mm-hmm. and, you know, they could talk. I mean, this has... You're right. There is almost a uh, uh, there is a sterile feeling to it, and you don't get the feeling that these are even prisoners, uh, hardly, or you don't, you know, you or, or that this is a prison camp. It doesn't even feel. It doesn't even feel like a castle, really. Yeah, uh, it, it almost feels like you're at camp. Yeah, you're at camp, and you know, because all the rooms are nice. You know, there's paintings on the walls and things. You've got a fire. We're looking at right now. There's a fire with stockings hanging up in front of it. I will say now, some of these might be restricted areas, but still, even your quarters. Are, I mean, they're, they're they're pretty nice. It feels like you're at, you're at, you're at a uh, you know a summer camp uh, or you know a resort camp, except for the people that are guarding it can shoot you without warning. Yeah, and, and I will say most I I found that if I didn't run from the guards and and when they came up to me, I didn't do anything. I would just they would normally just lock you away uh, and put that guy in solitary. But the, right. uh, the and which that should probably mean something to someone that's real good at the game, but for someone who doesn't know what's going on, I was just like, I'll switch another guy, you know. I amassed quite a bit of stuff that I used to, I would pile up, you know. Uh again, you'll have uh they'll there'll be a signal where it's time to have exercise in the yard. There's a signal where you have to have all your men assembled in the room. You know, mm-hmm. occasionally that'll happen. You have to have you know, I guess like it's bedtime or whatever. But I mean you uh and I know having I've seen some films on this place and I, you can always assume and, and some and some stuff on, you know, documentary stuff. But I, surely the place, the rules weren't this lax where you could just walk around. <laughs> but I mean, it was for like officers and for and for, you know, uh, high risk people. But I'm so I mean, they gave these guys a certain amount of generosity as far as POW camps go. But it was still a POW camp, you know, after all. Mm-hmm. This does not feel like a POW camp. It does. I, I say, you you nailed it. It does not capture the feeling that you're incarcerated in this awesome castle. You know, I would like to have seen even, have even some seen... cutaways or something where you could say like, you know, another day at Colditz. I can't wait to escape. Something. Yeah, something like wings. Something. Yeah. Been... Some, I mean, listen. I I know you don't like the cinema that much, but just a little touch of of the sure. dramatic would go a long yeah. way in this. You know, uh, another thing I would have liked to have seen is a little bit more um, stealth involved in your movements, because if you watch the way these guards operate, they are on a mission. And if you stand in their way, they don't get out of your and basically you can just block the guard forever. You know, he, he will just stand there and they have set paths that they go. I would have liked to have seen some uh, some stealth where if you've got a guard, you know, coming or if you watch him go by you know, being able to sneak around the guards in some way. I know that like you can go into your room and the guard won't follow you into your room um, and you can evade the guards that way. But part of the fun of a game like this could be that like you're watching a guard and he's making the rounds, you know, in a room or something and basically, you know, avoiding his line of sight, sneaking behind him and grabbing something and getting out of there. Yeah. I mean, that would be something that would be easy to implement that would give you more variety to the action. I want to also mention now. I feel like now I just feel like we're nitpicking, but I'm going to bring this up. Um, you've got this nice engine here. Uh, why do I have to use the keyboard to pick stuff up? I mean, can I not just, you know, what I'm saying. Well, yeah. I mean, that, that, what is that? It, it, I know that, you have to use the keyboard to switch between guys, but I mean, mm-hmm. I got a joystick here. 
There's no way I can, you know, do this with the stick somehow. I mean, other games have pulled it off. Well, the, the, what you've got to remember is that it's like, okay, you've got to figure out what are you going to be using the stick for, or, or I'm sorry, the button for. So the button can only be used for one thing at a time. So, you know, if you, if there's no way that you can map everything to the button, like you'd have to take off, you'd have to take your hands off the uh, the joystick to switch between your inventory items. So if you're having to do that for one thing, then yeah, you know, having to push up on the on the on the keyboard that didn't bother me that much. I suppose if you can't, but I mean, if you just held the button down and flipped through your inventory like we've seen in other games, I mean, it would have worked just fine in this. Uh, I think I, I, of course, I guess you had to hold use the keyboard anyway. But it just, I, I, there was so much stuff to pick up. I can't, I get irritated having to do it over and over. You know, it, it got old. I would have liked those controls to have been tweaked a little bit. But then, you know, what are you gonna do? A big, if they would have been able to incorporate a um, even a rudimentary uh, in-game map that showed you the location of all your guys, it would have improved things immeasurably. Because the maps that I found, both the map that comes with the game and the map that someone has drawn that I found on EAB, yeah, almost incomprehensible. Because this is a you know the Colditz is a multi-level enclosure. And I would look back and forth and I would think I knew where I was, but then I would exit a door and it wouldn't make sense. I would have loved to have seen, you know, press M on the keyboard and it could have been the blockiest thing ever, you know, the lowest res thing that you've ever seen. But at least I would have been able to conceptualize where each of my guys were and, you know, how we could meet up and where we could go. Yeah, because the view all... POWs now is worthless. It just no, shows yeah, you a close-up of them and wherever they're at. You know, it's, it's such such a waste. And the thing such is, a, 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 a castle like this, these guys would know the the castle inside and out, so it wouldn't affect gameplay to at least give you some way to get around. You right, know, now right. eventually, I had a pretty good idea how to get around the basic areas, but I mean, it, yeah, I did get. It would be nice to know where everybody's at. It would be nice to know where you're at and, and where you need to go. But I mean, we we how many times have we complained about that on here? A million times about not having a map. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, listen, it sounds like we're killing this thing. It's just, I guess, it's a combination of not necessarily being my bag. But, I mean, I could have got into this uh, if it was just more fun. That's that's. Right. I, I'm like you. This, I mean, this game has everything but fun. It's beautiful. Yeah. The animation is good. The drawings of the grounds are great. The drawings of the castle, the rooms and everything. Um, it, it's got everything but uh, something that gives me the inclination to want to play it again. Yeah, yeah. It's a... Uh, it's a bummer. Of course, lack. I, I would have liked to have even some. You know what else would have made this game nice would be some sort of some dramatic music that would happen at specific times, you know, like, like the Lucas Art yeah. Lucas Films guys did so well in their games, Lucas Arts, uh, or or the uh, Cinemaware guys did. You know, anything just to make it more uh, more interesting. I would like to build. There's got to be plenty of other. I mean, you never really see a bunch of other prisoners. I like to be able to go talk to the people. You know, get some ba- listen flavor. Again, text, that's yo. that's something that I think that the Great Escape did really well, at least from in, from my memory. And right, it's funny because right now I'm reading this book called Notes from a Dead House by Dostoevsky, a Russian uh, guy, and uh, he spent four years in a Siberian prison camp. And so I was, as I was playing this, I was thinking about that novel at the same time. Yeah. And one of the, the greatest thing about that novel is that he describes all the rest of the prisoners and, you know, what they do and all. And it would have been great if you could see other prisoners sort of going about their business. Again, you don't have to give them dialogue trees or anything. Just give them one or two quips that they say as they're going by. It would make you feel like you were part of this community. 
And maybe, you know, after you bust out, and part of the backstory could be, and then he came back in and he got old Buster out too or whatever. Yeah, and, and you know, you're you're giving away a great opportunity because, I mean, you they know a lot of the people that were in this camp. And so mm-hmm. you could literally, you don't have to, you, know, you don't have to necessarily name them exactly the same, but you could put their stories in to a certain extent. Who are you? You know, how did you get captured? What were you doing? You know, it doesn't have to be, like you said, it doesn't have to be a ton, but that's that little bit of text goes a long way. Or like maybe occasionally after the after you have to go to bed, you know, the next day they'll say like, oh, another a, a, a prisoner from an Austrian pilot just arrived or whatever, you know, something like that. Uh, or maybe even prisoners that actively work against you, you know, or don't you know stop. Or, or something like that. I mean, there's plenty of... there's. We've all seen the films. So there's a million things you could have done. I right. mean, this just seems like uh, uh, they did... They put together something that's sort of like a game, and then they were done with it. So, you know, that's just me. Now, uh, looking at the reviews on this boat, uh, it's... it's. You said it was real popular. I didn't know that uh, until you mentioned it. I don't know how popular it was. So I, I, I don't... I've never heard of it, I don't think. I may have heard the name... Lemon gave this give this one a seven point nine eight, which is that's okay. Uh, yeah. uh, Amiga Action gave it an eighty three. Amiga Format gave it a seventy nine. CU Amiga gave it an eighty two, and Zero Eighteen gave it an eighty four. So these are all midland, you know, average scores. These are you know low, these are in this low B or high C range, uh, and I would probably uh, concur with those scores. Uh, what did the uh, did we get the action on the disc on the Discord on this one, Boatster? We did. We got a couple. Jason Warns says baffling, four out of ten. <laughs> Jason doesn't mess around. <laughs> no. And Graham W. Webke writes, "This is not an easy game by any means. And if you didn't like the Great Escape on the ZX Spectrum, then this won't be your cup of. It is very closely based on the tabletop game of the same name, and I think it has been reproduced well." You control four prisoners of war in Kolditz Castle using F1 to F4 key. All four need to work together to find items and keys, use disguises, spend sol- uh, excuse me, spend time in solitary and follow routines all to escape. The isometric view works well, but at times it's hard to spot items, and the sound effects aren't anything special, but they work. What this game does have is tension and replay value, and if you use the maps on a hall of light, it will help you to navigate this castle. This game even has an open source port on GitHub named Colditz Escape, so check that out if you enjoyed this. Overall, a great game if you really sink some time into it, 8 out of 10. So Graham liked it. Graham is a very thoughtful guy, and I will say I appreciate that about him. He will he'll dig into these things, dig deep into them. So Yeah. Uh, uh and and someone like that this may be your bag. I mean, you really have to have a lot of attention uh to detail in this one. All right. And well, Aaron. Is that all we got there? That's all we got there. Did you look this thing up on eBay? I did. Now, you mentioned that this thing had a book and I didn't I didn't see what the name of the book was. Did you catch the name of the book? Is it a, I think it's called like The Story of Colditz uh-huh. or something like that. So but it's a big, I mean, a big thick book. I only found one of these on sale <clears throat> right now, uh, and it was uh, it was in the UK. It was boxed with the novel. Now the box on this, if you've seen the opening screen of this when it comes up, the box looks just like that screen. This is the only Amiga game because you know I had to do a double and triple take to make sure that this was right. This is the only Amiga game that I can recall 
that comes in a uh, a wide angle box. Yeah, where a, the box a, is wider than it is tall. Yeah, it's a double. It's a double wide. It seems like we did. Now that may have been a Spectre game we did that had a book in it, but that this one comes in. It, it's a it's a wider bo- box. It doesn't mm-hmm. even look like a video game, does it, Boat? It's uh, the no, box. That's not, yeah, I had to. I kept thinking that I was looking at a picture of the title screen I, because it looks the same. Yeah, it looked to me almost like it was the board game. I was like, man, because right. it looks like there's pieces and stuff laid out. But what did it just show? And use all the. Uh, you know, all the passes and stuff that you would have printed out. Anyway, exactly. I found one of these with the book, and it looked like it was completing the box, and it, they were asking 130 for it. Uh, so this one may be a pricier one, and there weren't a lot of examples, so I don't know how big a seller this was. I don't know how well they're still the C64. I didn't really look into that the C64 version of it. But, uh, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for something, a real in-depth game that you can play on your ECS, OCS, Amiga, and you want to donate your time to it and, and take lots of copious notes and, and learn the cast on whatnot, this may be one to look into, but it was just not my cup of tea, Boatster. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. All right, Aaron, uh, before we... Oh, it's funny, you know, we, we've, we, the, the, the playthrough just finished as we finished talking about the game. Yeah, so, right on cue. Um, before we hang things up this week, uh, we need to thank and congratulate all the fine folks that make this podcast happen including our Twitch subscribers. Uh, If you are an Amazon Prime customer, you can subscribe to us on Twitch for free. Or even if you're not, you can subscribe to us on Twitch and have our eternal gratitude. Uh, We want to thank Buck Owens, Great Algae, David's Infix, Amiga Bill, Picard 2010, Frodo NL, Dub Project, Ant Jarvis, Macintosh Librarian, Rushi MSX, Duncan Styles, Old Bee Sturgeon, Christian Russell, Jigglebox, Creepy Dead Boy, Still Adolescing, Macross the Black 2018, Go To Go Sub, La Mazda, Retro Jerry, Mitsuyama, and Darkwing 602. Thank you guys so much Thank you. For, uh, for, for subscribing to us on Twitch. We really appreciate it. Aaron, last week um, we had a couple people that got the Patreon song correct. Okay. Uh, it was. Uh, Will You Be There by the one and only MJ, Michael, the King of Pop, uh, Leith, Kelland, Treyguard, and Jugglebox all got it correct. Your performance so. last week was an all-time low for the show, Boat. Well, thank Just you. I horrible. appreciate that. Just absolutely horrible. Aaron, this one's going to be really obscure. Oh. Okay. I happened upon it today. Um, and, uh, and it, it just, it, it was, it was one I hadn't heard in a long time. This is not technically a song. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a, a hint. This is a uh, this is a TV commercial uh-huh. slash jingle. And you're okay? gonna get all those names into a, into a TV commercial. We're gonna find out. Okay. All right. Here I'll embrace myself for this. Got it. I hate when it's lead in. Cello code, Mark Balland, Olaf Hope, Hermski, Jonah, aka Simulant, Jeremy Jones, Ethan Little, Alien Breeder. David Velociraptor, Cowboy Bird Boy, Joel Fuchs, Landonson, Luke Hudson, John Cook, Bomb the Bass, Roho She, Frodo in a Soul and Sizotech, Major Ken, Mr. Cola, Daniel Williams, Bernard Lucas, Jerry, Dennington, Zorglub, Commodore, Kid Reflection, Simon Letch, Captain Crispy, Kilobytes, and Caffeine. 
John Goodwin. Gary had the free lunch. Kate Fox, David Pickford, Cameron Armstrong, Andy Jones, Lobsterminator, 10-Minute Amiga, Retrocast Bernard Quinn, Retro Man Cave, Tim Drew, Simon Rose, Joseph Harrison, Kyle Leonard, Rob O'Hara, Matthew Laramore, Andy Craig, Sean Zoe, Barkbeard, Roland Burke, Andrew Monks, Joe the Zombie, Leaf, Kellan, Alan Kett, and Bob, Checko, Te, Level Lord, John Marshall, Matthew Perron, Ricky DeRocha, Creepy Dead Boy, Biggie CTZ, Stefan Sorgon Mortensen, Evan Helen, Blindo 75, Christopher Hassel, Ravi Abbott, Chris Foltz, Green Catcher, Lauren Giroux, Graham, Beb Key, Adam Batters, B. O'Brien's Retro and Vintage, Gary Hucker, Paul Harrington, Duncan Styles, Taped from the Crypt, Josh Nan, Adam Bradley, Jonas Rulo, THT, Eric Nelson, Kim Tommy Homebutstad, Daniel Bingston, Brutal Barracuda, Darren Coles, Jason Wands, Pixels at Dawn, Bjorn Barb. Very good. What were they advertising? Um, like a, some sort of mini series or something? That's a long, it's <laughs> a long song. That was the theme from Roots. That, I don't know uh, if you've heard it. Wow, catchy tune for Roots. <laughs> Now, Bo, did you see you got a couple reminders here? Definitely something worth talking about. The high score challenges, Bo. What's going on over there? Yeah. Uh, well, let's look it up. I, I did not pull that up this week, but that is easily done. So the Amigos high score challenge goes on constantly on uh, over on our Discord channel. Uh, Paul, a.k.a. Hermski, is running the show, and this month's game is Pac-Mania. Uh, Pac-Mania, one of my all-time faves on any platform. Pac-Mania, aside from uh, Pac-Man Championship uh, Edition DX, uh, is my favorite Pac-Man game. I think I'm one of the few that can say that, but I've always liked Pac-Mania. I've never uh, liked right Pac-Mania. Right now, Barkbit is uh, Barkbit has got a tremendous lead over all else. He has scored over one million points on this game, one million four hundred twenty-four thousand four hundred eighty, uh, with Frodo coming in second place. So there is still tons of time. The close date is uh, the fourth of September. So make sure that you get in your scores. And if you are not a member of our Discord community, anybody that subscribes to us on Twitch or supports us on Patreon uh, gets free access. Well, it's not free because you're supporting us, but you get access, and that's what you want. You know, while you've, while you've got the uh, Discord brought up over there, we, we're also running a simultaneous Spectrum high score as well over there, correct? And it's, is it Bomb Jack this month, Bo? Is that that's correct? right. Bomb Jack is this Another week's game I Spectrum. Another game I think at. Yeah, the... Uh, Spectrum High Score Challenge. And right now, Mitsuyama is holding the fort there with a score of 240,100. So regardless if you like the Specky or the Amiga, there is a high score challenge awaiting you on Discord. Very good. I love it. There's always some sweet action going over there, Boat. That's right, man. That's right. All right. Next week, Aaron, we are going to be playing Tiny Little Slug. Okay? Oh, yeah. So this is is New Games Week uh, next week. So... We'll have to uh, make this purchase, and uh, I know that this is one that uh, people really love. So we'll see if you can stand up to uh, to your harsh scrutiny. Me, I know I'll love it. You're the. <laughs> I, I pity the slug. I hope it's good. I can't wait to try it. <laughs> All right, and uh, guys, just a, just a reminder that um, if you uh, like this show, please uh, leave us a review. Um, please uh, tell us uh, that you like us or you hate us. 
uh, feedback at amigospodcast.com. Uh, whatever you're whatever you're listening to this on, you know, more and more podcatchers have review um, buttons. Gimmicks. You know, you can rate us or review us. And that's a quick and easy way to bring the uh, bring our podcast to light for more and uh, keep the spirit of the Amiga going. Aaron, when people think about the spirit of the Amiga, they think of your face. I just want you to know that. That's right, buddy. I like that. I, I accept that mantle. All right. And... Uh, That's going to do it for this week's Amigos podcast. We will be back next week with Tiny Little Slug. We will see you next time. Adios. Adios.